So how are the plans going for this week? Yeah, you got the menu ready? Millie, you got the menu ready? Menu's not ready. It's turkey, it's ham, mashed potatoes and gravy, stuffing, sweet potato souffle, cranberry dish, corn something mashed together. I don't know what it all is. I don't even know what the name of that one is. We got rolls. We got wheat and white variety. Okay. What, what else is on the menu this week? Olives. Yeah, olives. What? What kind of pie? French silk pie. Why, why is your wife going, please quit talking to him right now? I am so embarrassed about French silk pie. Wow. Pumpkin pie. How many pumpkin pie fans we got? It's like a mandatory. It will not be Thanksgiving if there is no pumpkin pie, right? Okay. Green bean. Green bean casserole, right? All the good tastes. So how many of you are going to more than two Thanksgiving dinners this week? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Just a few of you. Okay. You're not brave enough to eat more than twice or... Right? You, you, you're just going, hey, uh, we're good to get one. How many naps do you plan on taking this week? Two or more. How about how, about how many of you are planning on two or more naps? See, there you go. <laughs> I was reading something this week. Young parents, you'll know this, right? Uh, estimated, <laughs> uh, estimated that parents of a newborn up through the first two years of their life uh, lose six months worth of sleep. So for a quarter of the first two years of your newborn, <laughs> you are a zombie, <laughs> right? That's what it is. You're just functioning. You're moving around. What's your list of Thanksgiving? Things for which you are giving thanks. How's that list going? Yeah? Yeah, share with you, uh, share with somebody right next to you, if you wouldn't mind right now, uh, some of the things that are on your Thanksgiving list. Share your top two. All right, let's just do a quick show of hands. How many of you on that list of things that you were thankful for, it was a person? Go ahead and raise your hand. It was a person. All right, very good. Now put your hands down. Uh, how many of you on that list, it was thanks for uh, health? Thanks for health. Very good. Uh, how many thanks for employment? Uh, how many uh, thanks for a really hard and cruel boss? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, Aaron is his own hard and cruel boss, but that, that's a perfect answer. <laughs> Thank you for confessing. We'll talk about forgiveness on that later. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I find interesting during the season of Thanksgiving is what we have a tendency to do is leave Thanksgiving to a day, right? Well, we're going to be thankful today. We wake up Thanksgiving morning, right? And you're a little bit late. You're running a little bit behind. You got to get to so and so's house or you got to get on the road. And this is how the conversation starts out 
Don't you know we're trying to be thankful for this morning for crying out loud? Can't you be on time and get ready? We got to get on the road. Everybody's on the road for crying out loud. Familiar for anybody? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You get there, right? You show up and you've brought your whatever. You've turkey this year or the souffle this year, whatever you're supposed to bring. And what are you dreading when you walk through the door? Some of you, you're dreading, okay, I will have brought it but mom will find something wrong with it, right? It won't be warm enough, or it won't be enough. Well, you know we invited three other neighbors over. This is all you brought? Or how many of you, dad, will go, took you six hours this year. Uh, Last year you made it in five hours and 55 minutes. What took you so long? How many of you actually dread... Thanksgiving just a little bit because it won't be about giving thanks. It'll be about pointing out what's wrong. Yeah, it's kind of hard, isn't it? When, when you realize sometimes our families around the place that we should be the most thankful, there's actually quite a bit of baggage. There's actually quite a bit of junk there from past times and past relationships and past things. And what we have a tendency to do around Thanksgiving is go, all right, put your happy face on and we are going to act thankful. Here's the issue. The heart's not right. We're not talking about the heart of the other people, the, the, the ones that you want to blame for not being thankful, the ones that you dread to go see. We're not talking about their heart because we can't control their heart. All we can talk about is your heart, and is your heart thankful? Is your heart in the right place? Are you putting the right perspective on this holiday and this week? Is it a heart of thankfulness and servitude? Is it a heart that says, you know what, God? It's not all about me. It's not all about my family. It's about other people being in need. Challenged you over the last couple of weeks in the bulletin announcements. Yes, I expect you to read the bulletin announcements when they come out on Fridays. I challenge some of you. I've gotten some feedback from some of you to say, hey, think about this week in a different way. Who might you serve? Who might you make an extra turkey for? Who might you find out is in need? I got one email from a member this week. Hey, did you know this restaurant serves free food on Thanksgiving Day? Is that not incredible? We need to know about this. Yeah, okay, you know about this, all right? And what is another family doing? I know of several families here uh, this week who donated turkeys to companies that matched their giving. So Elder Construction, our construction company, uh, donated, uh, I think, over 1,500 pounds of turkeys this last week. And an additional nearly $2,000 that was matched by the company just from their employees pretty neat. And maybe you're going to go to the Marion house and serve food. And maybe your next door neighbor you found out this week has some needs and you're going to take care of them. Here's the thing. If you don't set your heart right from the beginning today, I'm telling you, you're going to have the worst Thanksgiving ever. Because you're going to be bitter and unthankful. And this is why in Psalm 118, what we get here from the psalmist are some great, great words and encouragement to keep our hearts aligned with what God has intended and to set us on the right path. 
So we're going to look through it. If you've got your Bibles with you today, open them up. You want to follow in the bulletin, that's great. you got your uh, iPad, go ahead and open that. Psalm 118, verse 1. The psalmist writes, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. You know what that means? It means that His love doesn't come with strings attached. His love doesn't care whether the food was warm or not. His love doesn't care with whether you showed up on time or not. His love endures forever. Which means it endures all things. Which means his love is patient and kind. It does not boast. It does not envy. His love perseveres. This is what we're talking about having as an attitude of gratitude this week. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. Now, you've heard me teach before that in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Psalms, that what Hebrew writers tend to do is repeat things. In this psalm, David triple repeats things. Whereas in most psalms, he says, this is important, I want you to know it, I want you to know it so well that I'm going to say it again. Here, David goes, I want you to hear it three times. This is huge. Who needs to say his love endures forever? Israel. Aaron, the priestly class, those who fear the Lord, all believers in the nation of Israel. And so it doesn't matter from where you come, doesn't matter what nation you live in, his love endures forever. And that should align your heart with God. He wants you to understand that I never fail, I never give up, I'm always around. Verse 5, in my anguish I cried to the Lord and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Isn't that the fear, though? What man can do to me? Well, you know how people drive on I-25 for crying out loud. Run us off the road. Don't people follow the speed limit for crying out loud. What's ISIS going to do? What's my boss or my company going to do? What's my neighbor going to do? What's my mom or my dad or my grandparents? What are are they going to do? We, in fact, are afraid of what man will do. And we spend an inordinate amount of time on it. I mean, check yourself really hard this week. How much do you listen to the news and go, oh gosh, yeah, see, it's closing in. It's not as safe. I can't even go to church. There was another church shooting. I can't go to a school. There was another school shooting. I can't go out to the movies. There was another movie theater shooting. And and we begin to live in fear of what man can do to me. The psalmist says, really? What, What can he do? Kill you? Yeah. There's worse things. For a believer in Jesus Christ, death is just a door. It's just an entrance. Well, but what will my family do without me? Get your insurance money, remarry, move on. <laughs> I, mean, wait, I mean, right? You see, but, but I'm 60 or 70. Hey, I've done a lot of 60, 70, and 80-year-old second or third marriages, all right? It's just that what is going to happen. I mean, 
I'm not truly trying to just dump on the, but I'm trying to go, really, folks? Really? Are we really afraid of what somebody will do? Yes, we are, because we're fearful, and we don't put our trust fully in God. The Lord is with me. He is my helper, verse 7. I will look and triumph on my enemies. I will. I will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that on that last day, when that trumpet sounds and there is a loud command and everyone will be raised. Here's what Scripture says. Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. What? That Jesus Christ is Lord. That doesn't mean everyone's saved. What that means is, is that those who have saving faith are going to heaven. But the others... They will bow going. That's him, and I didn't believe in him. So I'm going to see my enemies bow. They may take my life, but they will bow at the name of Jesus Christ. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It's better to trust God than the government. It's better to trust God than your neighbor. It's better to trust God than your family even. Yep. Because God doesn't disappoint. And God never fails. And God never gives up. And God is always around. And we, we tend to believe, well, if I just work hard enough, pension will be good, then we can retire earlier, and then we can live to the custom level that we want to and we can travel and, and we're always trying to live for the future so much that we forget to live today and be thankful for today 10 all the nations surround me but in the name of the lord i cut them off they surround me on every side but then in the name of the lord i cut them off they swarmed around me like bees but they died out quickly as burning thorns in the name of the lord i cut them off What's the point here? The point is, as David says, there were enemies from the front, from the rear, from my right, to my left. There were enemies completely surrounding me. I was hemmed in. And you know what? God gave me the courage to fight, to battle, and to conquer. And in Christ, absolutely possible. In Christ, absolutely done. In Jesus, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. 13, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord, well, he helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He's my song. What is the song that is immediately on your heart? What is the song that when you're kind of down, if you hear this song, you immediately perk right back up? Tell the person next to you what that song is. What is that for you? What is that song that immediately gets your toes back to tapping, your chin comes up, a smile comes across your face, right? First service, I got, Pastor, you're not going to believe this, but it's a spirit in the sky. I was like, no, that fits your age. All right. You want to know what mine is? When I was a little kid at church, we had a, uh, we had a, a guest speaker do a concert. His name was Paul Hill, and he was a writer with kind of some of the biggies, Lionel Richie, okay, you know, late 70s, early 80s, kind of, and he was a songwriter. That was in his previous life, and in his current life, he was a first grade Lutheran school teacher. 
awesome. He was like six foot two, right? Just this tall guy. We'd get down and play. And so he asked the kids, they said, would you write a song for us? And it was near Thanksgiving. And he was like, all right, you guys have to help me write it. I want a line from each of you on what you're thankful for. And whatever you write, I'll put into the song. Here's the only line of the song I know. For nice, clean clothes and boogers in my nose, I'm thankful. (laughs) And to this day, I can be having the worst day of my life. And I can go, for nice, clean clothes and boogers in my nose, I'm thankful. (laughs) There's a simplicity there, right? A humbleness with those lines that even says, for the, even the disgusting things in my life, I'm thankful. I'm thankful because it means, you know, I'm alive. I'm thankful because God is directing my life. I'm thankful because God is in control. And I don't know about you, but nothing gets me into a mood or a mode of unthankfulness quicker than when I'm trying to control things in my life. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. God's left hand is his warring hand. It's his judgment hand. His right hand is his grace hand. His forgiving hand. This is where Jesus sits, is on the right hand of God, because he is the intercessor. He is, a, he is part of, of that which is a blessing from God. And he says, absolutely, you want to put it in perspective, that God's righteous hand, his gracious hand, has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And in righteousness, your sins are forgiven, folks. And I know we tend to live our lives in such a way as to not take advantage of the fact that my sins are forgiven. In fact, we tend to mope around and go, ah, oh, I'm such a failure, I'm such a screw-up, I mess up all the time, when in fact we should be going, ha-ha, I am awesome in Jesus. And you know what? I've been given righteousness, which means in front of God, God sees me as perfect and holy. Now, if that doesn't cause your heart to say thank you, then you've got a stone heart. 19, open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. Ultimately, what allows me to be thankful in all things and in all circumstances is the fact that I have salvation, that I know where I'm going. You absolutely know the answer to the question. If you were to die tonight, the Lord uh, would take and call you home. You would answer to the question, why should I let you in? And you would say, because Jesus died for me. Well, what have you done to deserve it? The answer is, nothing. And he would say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. That is truly a heart that can say thank you in all things 
22, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is a decision that the psalmist makes. This is the day that the Lord has made. I haven't made it. I contribute nothing to it. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He's saying, I choose to rejoice. I choose to be glad in it. And so, when the rain and the snow come down and you are caught, uh, one of the 100 and 150 cars on Monument Hill, you will rejoice. <laughs> Brooks, I prayed for you. I thought you were probably in that. Thanks be to God you weren't. But we will rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, for the house of the Lord we bless y'all. I want you to know that's second person plural there. That's all y'all. Here's the blessing. Have you ever asked God to bless you successfully? And I don't mean with the next promotion. And I don't mean with riches or wealth. I don't mean with power and prestige. I mean the kind of success that God loves to hand out to husbands who are faithful to wives. To wives that are loving and pleasing to their husbands. To children that are obedient. Let me repeat that. To children who are obedient. Let me repeat that. To children who are obedient. Three times, David and I, we're good, okay? Success where your neighbors say, I don't know what necessarily is going on here, but I, I want what you got. The kind of success that you can receive bad news and yet you still give thanks, honor, and glory to God. The kind of success that maybe even somebody never hears about, but you know. Where you're more forgiving and more loving. Where you long to listen and be fed by God's Word. Where you are changed and transformed and actually live your life differently today than you did last week. That kind of success. And lastly, he says, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. You are going to enter people's homes this week. Maybe everyone's coming over to yours. But I'll challenge you with this last thought that you be a blessing to those in the houses in which you go or the restaurants in which you find yourself or the gas stations or, 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 or wherever you find yourself this week, that you become a blessing to those around you, offering up thanks of praise for them and leading the way as one who can say, give thanks to the Lord for He is good, His love endures forever. Amen.